Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're continuing the Gift of Life Christmas series uh, where we are looking at um, uh, during this series that different miraculous births uh, throughout um, different Bible characters. Uh, last week, Pastor Bobby talked about uh, the birth of Moses. Who enjoyed that message last week? Pastor Bobby kicked us off so well. Um, But this week we are talking about um, uh, John the Baptist. And we're picking up in Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. So as we stand together, let's let's read uh, God's word. And it says this, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous. Everybody say righteous. They were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week, as, and as was custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter uh, the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. So right now, Zechariah is praying in the holies of holies where the presence of the Lord uh, was at. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, God hears you. God hears you. He said, God has heard your prayer. And your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to name him John. And you will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And he must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God, and he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. And he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. The title for this morning's talk in part two of the uh, Gift of Life series is Born for a Purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, Born for a Purpose. Let's pray over this morning's service. Father, we thank you uh, for gathering us this morning, that we're here for no other reason other than your son. So, Father, have your way. Let your Holy Spirit come and begin to work on us, Father. Begin to, uh, to do what only you can do. Transform us from the inside out. Begin to transform and renew our minds, God. Begin to remove, God, any cloudiness right now, Father, any kind of hesitation we might have, God, in our spirit. God, begin to remove that and build up our faith as we get ready to hear from your word, God, that every heart is soft and every mind mind is open, Father, because we're here for you, God. So let there be miracles, signs, and wonders take place this morning, Father. Let people walk in addicted but leave free this morning, God. Let people who came in with depression or anxiety leave with knowing their identity in Christ, Father, and peace in their souls, God. Have your way this morning. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise, and y'all can be seated this morning. So excited to bring this word to y'all. So Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were community leaders from the uh, priestly uh, line and um, in store and in right to be priests. 
And, but it says that they're in their old age, and, but they had yet to have a child. The superstition of the day was that if you were unable to bear children, there, then there was something wrong with you. The superstition of the day is that if you're unable uh, to have a child, then that must be uh, something that you either did wrong in your past or that God is upset with you or something's wrong with you because obviously if you were in right standing with God, you would be able to have a child. So it was a disgraceful thing. It was a uh, something that made people feel anxious and depressed about when not having a child. So you can imagine the joy that Zacharias felt when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, don't be afraid, for God has heard your prayers, and your wife Elizabeth will have a son. So he felt great joy in that moment, but also I think he felt a little bit of confusion because he wasn't praying for a son at that moment. We can almost say for a fact that he wasn't because when you step into the Holy of Holies uh, as a priest, you're Goal of prayer is not your personal needs. Your goal of prayer is not talking about, God, uh, bless my meal. Your, your goal of prayer is praying for the nation of Israel. That's your job as priest in the Holy of Holies. So he wasn't praying about his personal needs. He, wasn't, he probably hasn't prayed about having a son for a while. It said that he was an old age. It says that he, he, he was just praying for the nation of Israel. And it was in that moment where the angel appeared and said, don't be afraid for God hears your prayers. See, I don't know what you're praying about. I don't know what the struggles are. I don't know what your needs are. But can I just say this for a fact that God hears your prayers? And it doesn't matter how long it might take because Zachariah was waiting a long time for God to hear his prayers and for his prayers to be answered. But it was in his old age where he saw the fruit of it. So let me encourage you, do not stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop asking God to do something miraculous in your life. Parent, don't you stop praying for your child. Don't you stop praying for breakthroughs and miracles because God hears you. God hears what you're saying. God hears where you're coming from. And might come in a season of unknown, but the prayer will be answered. The prayer will be answered. And so this angel comes and he promised Zechariah a son. He promised this son would have a purpose, but a purpose that was prophesied. Many times through scripture is John the baptizer is actually foretold about and prophesied about in two different times in scripture. Uh, One in Isaiah 40, verse 3, and one in Malachi 4. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, we'll take a look at it. It says this. It says them talking about John the Baptist foretelling his coming. It said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Everybody say Wilderness crying in the wilderness, saying, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This passage of scripture was written 500 years before uh, John was ever born. And in Malachi 4, verse 5, where they're talking about the coming of John again, it says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet uh, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the, wo- of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. These passages were written centuries and centuries before um, John was ever thought of or born or took a breath. But what I'm trying to say is that as these prophets were being inspired by God to write these things down, and they're writing down what was come to take place, God already had a purpose in store for John centuries before he was born. 
But can I say the same way that John was born with a purpose, you were born with a purpose? The same way that God was thinking about John centuries before he was ever born, God has been thinking about you centuries before you were ever born? Point number one for this morning is that we are all born with a purpose. We're all born with a purpose. Jeremiah 1.5 says that, Lord, he said he, he knew you before you even formed in your mother's womb. There's some of us who think that our pur- purpose has passed us by or that our purpose hasn't come yet. But can I tell you that purpose is every day? You're not too old for purpose, and you're not too young for purpose. Purpose is right now. Purpose is for today. Every step that you, can, you take can be a step of purpose. See, we were not born an accident. We were not born a mistake. I don't know how you came into this world, but can I say you came into this world with a purpose? I don't know what happened. I don't know your history, but can I say that God has a purpose on your life? You might be saying, well, Kale, I made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of this. I've done a lot of that. Can I say it doesn't matter how many steps you've taken in the wrong direction. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you think and missteps you've taken. All it takes is one step in the right direction and saying yes to Jesus. And you were in the right path for your purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. God has a purpose for you. God has something in store for us. And it doesn't matter what our past looks like. It doesn't matter what we think we've done wrong. That's what the blood of Jesus is for. Can I say we all fall short of the purpose of God that has for our life? But because of what Jesus did on that cross, and that's the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that you do not have to be perfect to step into your purpose. You don't have to be somebody who knows everything. You just have to be somebody who knows the God who knows your purpose. And when you accept Jesus in your heart, you're right in line with the purpose that God has for you. You're right in line with what God is calling you to do. You say, well, I made a lot of mistakes. Like, not just little mistakes, like big mistakes. Like, not like, you know, I, you know, cheated on my homework. Like, some big boy mistakes in my life. I think I made too many mistakes for purpose. Can I say, as long as you have a pulse, you still have a purpose. As long as you're still breathing, God is still taking you somewhere. You still have a future with Jesus Christ. There will never come a point in your life where God looks at you and looks at your past and looks at your mistakes and says, okay, you disqualified yourself. You've done too many wrong things, and now you're not able to step into what I've called you to do. That's never what God sees when he looks at us. When he looks at you and I, he doesn't see all the things you did wrong. He doesn't see what you did last week. He doesn't see the insecurities you have. What he sees is his son on the inside of you. And he says, yeah, we're human, and yeah, we fall short. But with Jesus Christ, we have everything that we need. And with Jesus on the inside of us, we always are qualified for our purpose. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a shout of praise. And turn to your neighbor and say, I was born with a purpose. Say, I was born with a purpose. I was born with a purpose. So John, he is born into this world. He's born with a purpose, a prophesied purpose nonetheless. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to have, like, almost your plan written out for you? Like, if John ever, like, mistook of what he was supposed to do in this world, he just goes, oh, a prophet prophesied about me a long time. Let me just go back to Scripture. But can I say we all can do that? We can all find our purpose in Scripture, not just John the Baptist. We can all be, when we are lost for what we should do next, can find our purpose in the Word of God, and that's what it's for, for us to find our purpose. And so John, he's, he, he, his birth is prophesied. His purpose is prophesied. He, he has a purpose on his life, but growing up, John's circumstances didn't look nothing like his purpose. 
It says in Isaiah 43 that he's supposed to be the voice from the wilderness. And at this point, him growing up, he's just a voice from the Gucci store. He's just a voice from his dad's yacht or sports car. Because you see, he was the son of a priest. And to be the son of a priest is to be somebody who has access uh, to wealth. Um, uh, he had a lot of things that, that other common people weren't able to have because during that time, priests were held in very high esteem. They were leaders of the community. They, they, they were the ones, they were above the local government. They, they, they were the ones who, who, who received all these things from the people. And so if you were to be a priest, that was a life of privilege. That was a life of, of having real estate and having um, not ever being worried about what you're going to eat the next day or where you're going to sleep the next day. It, it, it was a life of comfortability of that time. And as being the son of a priest, John was in line to be a priest. Because the only way you can be a priest back in that time is for you to be from um, the heritage of, of the priesthood, and which John was. And so basically, John had his whole um, inheritance lined out. He had his whole life lined out if he wanted it. He has this whole life of comfortability, this whole life of, of being able to just get whatever he wanted and, and live a life of wealth all in front of it if he wanted to. But he looked at Scripture and he said he's supposed to be a voice in the wilderness. And right now he's just the voice of the wealthy. So he's looking at this Scripture and he realizes that his life is not lining up with the purpose that God has called him to live. Have you ever been uh, this looking back at your life or looking at your life presently and say, this is not what God wants me to do. There are moments in our lives that we have to do that. Don't ever think that you've made it. Don't ever think, okay, now I, I'm, I'm here. I don't need to go and look at myself in the mirror anymore. No, every day we need to go and really look at the word of God and say, is my life lining up with this word? Is my life lining up with the purposes that God has for me? And so one day, I believe, John opened up the word of God, saw the word that was prophesied over his life, and said that he is supposed to be a voice from the wilderness. And he looked around. He said, that's not me right now. Right now, I, I, I'm living a comfortable life. I'm living a convenient life. And so he chose to follow after his calling. He felt the, the calling of his purpose. He, 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 he felt that he needed to take a step of faith. And so in a moment of belief, in a moment of sustained, God, I want to line up with your purpose, he left all that life behind. He left behind a life of convenience for the sake of his calling. He left the life of, com of comfortability for the sake of his calling. He left it all behind. And you know what he did? This crazy dude who had everything, he left it all. He left that life, and he went to live, go live in the wilderness. It says in Scripture that he lived on uh, locusts and honey and that he uh, dressed himself in camel hair. Now, I'm not telling you to go and sell everything and live in the desert. I'm not telling you that. But what I am saying is that we all need to look at our lives and say, am I doing the purpose of God right now? Is my life reflecting what God says that I need to do? Am I, am I, and the decisions I'm making and the lifestyle I'm living, is this lining up with God's purpose for my life? Because can I say there will be temptation of convenience and comfortability? There will be temptation to say, well, God, if I just go down this path, it's an easy path. It's a convenient path. It's a path where I know where everything, how it's going to work out, God. But your purpose is confusing. Your purpose, God, I'm going to have to take faith. Your purpose is going to require me pushing past some things. Can I say that's the point of purpose? The point of purpose is not for us to get there on our own. The point of purpose is not for us to, to be convenient and live every step of being comfortable. That's not the point of purpose. The point of purpose is saying, God, 
I see this calling. I hear your voice. And although it's going to be some perseverance in the way, although it's going to take some challenges, I'm going to follow after you. That's what our purpose has to be about. So John, this, this crazy dude, he leaves everything. He leaves the life of wealth and comfort back at home so that way he could follow after his purpose. Second point for this morning is that purpose comes with a price. Purpose comes with a price. Sometimes your purpose might come at the price of patience. We all know we have to be patient sometimes, especially with people, so that way we don't hurt people. I'm always like, God, let me be patient because I want to to display your character, God, not my anger. You got to give me patience. Sometimes your purpose is going to require patience because your purpose doesn't come quickly. Your purpose will not come instantly. Your purpose won't come without a season of patience. And your purpose might also come at the price of perseverance. There's going to be times when you're living a life with God, and you're going to see what he's requiring of you, and you're going to say, okay, God, that's tough. That's not an easy one. You want me to go and, and you speak to this person? What if they, uh, you know, don't do what I think they're going to do? Or what if they, I'm embarrassed? It's going to take some perseverance. Can I say your purpose is worth the price? Your purpose is worth the price. Don't ever let the enemies try to tell you to stay where you're at and thinking that it's not worth it to live a life of God. It's not worth it to live a life of purpose. But can I say purpose is worth the price? Only in life, living in God's purpose, can you find peace. Only in a life, living according to God's purpose, can you find a confidence in his name. Because we all know, we have all made the mistake of trying to go down our own path and our own plans. And who knows that when we get there, it doesn't feel like anything like we thought it would feel. Who knows we get to the end of the path that we created for ourselves and we realize that we have an empty feeling on the inside of us. We realize that we're stressed out beyond our desires. We realize that we are so anxious about tomorrow that we have no peace. But when you choose a life of purpose, when you say, Jesus, use me, when you say, Jesus, take me to this place, purpose is where peace is found. Purpose is where an identity in Jesus Christ will allow you to stand firm on a foundation that can't be shooken. On a foundation that even when somebody tries to talk you out of what God has called you to do, you're going to say, no, I know what purpose brings. Purpose brings a peace that the world can't offer. Purpose brings a, a sense of identity and confidence that doesn't come from the likes on Instagram, but comes from the Spirit of God. That's what purpose gives. See, purpose, it may require patience and perseverance because it will. Purpose is going to require some times where you're saying, God, all I have right now is you. And it requires you just holding on to the name of Jesus. But I say during those times, during those times of perseverance, that not only does God give you purpose, but he also empowers you for purpose. He doesn't just leave you behind. He doesn't just say, okay, you know, here's your purpose. Have fun. No, he says, here's what I want you to do, and here's a strength of faith. Here's, here's wisdom. He, he doesn't just leave you instructions. He gives you tools as well. He gives you everything that you will ever need to live a life of purpose. And so when purpose comes, and a lot of times and most of the times it will be way beyond what we think we're capable of, God is what makes up the difference. God is what gives us the peace and the credibility and the experience, and the knowledge, and the know-how. Because when we line up with God's purpose, he gives us a grace for his purpose. There's been times where I tried to step outside God's purpose, but I realized I stepped outside of his grace. 
And what I realized is when I tried to follow after a plan that was thought up by my own mind, I start feeling a weight that I can't handle because I'm not graced for that. I'm only graced for God's purpose on my life. You're not graced for anything else other than the purpose that God has on you. You're graced for that moment, for that calling that he's been telling you to do. You're graced for that calling. That business that he's called you to start, you're graced for that business. Because you will come to the end of your means. You will come to where you don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, you see the hand of God begin to move. Do things beyond your expectation. Even though you didn't know how, God made a way. That is grace for your purpose. See, purpose comes at a price. But can I say that the penalty of not following after purpose is far more costly? Purpose might come at some perseverance and sacrifice and inconvenience. But the penalty of not following after purpose is far more costly. The penalty of trying to find peace in your life, but you can't find it. The penalty of of being stressed outside of your mind and, and being unsure about your future and being unsure about your children's future, being unsure about how things are going to take place and who's in control. Can I say that penalty is far more costly than the saying, God, have your way, than say, God, use me, than saying, God, met God, this, use me according to your will and your, and your glory and to what you want in my life. That is what we're supposed to do. See, purpose is worth it. Turn to your neighbor and say, purpose is worth it. Purpose is worth it. So John, he, he goes out, this crazy dude, he goes out and he lives in the wilderness for years to, to, to pray and to begin to be a minister with Jesus and begin to uh, really get his calling from God and get his, get his, his power and, and his anointing from the Holy Spirit. And then he goes out and, then he, and he begins to follow after his purpose. And, and as he's beginning to do this, they, they, they question John and what his purpose was. They, they say, John, are you the Messiah? John, are you the prophet Elijah? They say, John, are, 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 are you a, a zealot? Are you, well, who are you? They begin to question John on his purpose. And watch how he responds in John verse 1 and 22. These Pharisees and Sadducees and religious leaders are pushing him on his purpose or trying to question him on his purpose, trying to shake him on what he thinks and, and who he knows he, who he is in God's eyes. And so they say, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? And John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. He said, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, cleared away for the Lord's coming. John understood his purpose. When you truly understand your purpose, you can't be talked out of it. When you truly understand why you've been placed on this earth, no man, no thought, no enemy can come up to you and begin to talk you out of your purpose because you're saying, no, 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 hold up, no, I know my purpose. They went up to John and said, John, are you the Messiah? John, are you the prophet Elijah? John, are you this, are you that? Trying to pull him outside of his purpose and say, no, 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 look, 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 I'm just a voice in the wilderness. Preparing a way for the Lord. He understood his purpose. And, and John, he began to baptize people uh, for repentance of their sins. And he began to talk about this man, this Messiah that is, that is to come. He began to say that this man will come um, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to hold. And he says, I baptize you in water, but one is to come who baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And one day, one day, John, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus approaching. He says, look, look, here he is, the Lamb of God who removes the, the sin of the world. And he begins to talk about Jesus. And then he has the opportunity to baptize Jesus. 
he has the opportunity, and he even tries to talk uh, Jesus out of it. He says, well, I know you should be baptizing me, but he baptizes Jesus. And he sees the Holy Spirit fall upon Jesus like a dove, descend upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, who I find great joy. And he begins to witness all this. And, and although John never saw the crucifixion and resurrection, I believe he knew exactly what Jesus was meant to do. I believe he knew what the Messiah was meant to do. I believe he knew that he was going to go and take on the penalty of sin and bear the pain that we deserve. I believe he knew that his body was going to be broken. That way you and I could be made whole. I believe that John knew that he was going to go and his blood would be spilt and that he would give up his spirit just so that you and I could call ourselves sons and daughters of God. I think he knew that he was going to go down and to, to experience death and go down to hell and, to, and remove the keys and defeat death, hell, and the grave. I think John knew all those things. He knew who Jesus was. He knew that the Messiah was meant to come, not to, not to be served, but to serve us and to be able to, to see the, the coming of the Messiah. I mean, who's thankful for what Jesus did for us? John saw what Jesus was doing. But John was able to do something that I admire. And John was able to avoid something that is the poison for every purpose, and that's pride. John was able to avoid the voices. He was able to not give in to the temptation of taking the credit. You see, during John's ministry, he would, he would be able to gather a crowd. He would be able to gather people, followers, he even had a lot of disciples who followed after John. And, all, and as he began to get a crowd and following, people would begin to hype him up and be saying, no, John, you're the Messiah. No, John, you're this, you're that. And they began to try to place John on this pedestal. But John didn't want to have nothing of it because the quickest way to cancel your calling is try to take credit for it. It's trying to say, I'm here because of me and try to exalt yourself. John didn't want nothing of it. He even when he baptized Jesus, he even said in front of everybody, he said, this is the Lamb of God. This is the man I've been talking about. This is the Messiah. This is the one who will take the sins of the world in front of everybody. And John's disciples got upset with him. John's disciples said, what are you doing? Like, things are going good right now. You have a big following. Why are you saying that this guy's greater? Why, why, why are you giving up your platform? Why are you giving up this pedestal? Why are you giving up? The, like, they thought that, that John was giving up his success. And they got mad at him. Look at what they say. In uh, John chapter 3, uh, verse 26, this is John's disciples talking to him. And so they say, so, so John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. How human is that insecurity? How human is that thought of saying, where's my credit? Where, where's my influence? Where, where's my glory? Where, where, where's my pedestal? How human is that insecurity? But John replied, he said, no. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries a bride. And a bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. You can go deeper ways mean by this, but basically what John's saying is, like, look, I'm just the hype man. I'm just the one 
bringing people and gathering people and preparing the way for the Lord. I'm not the Lord. I'm not the Messiah. And so his wins are my wins as well. His name is why I am here. That's what he was telling his disciples. And he said, therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. See, John understood what his purpose was. He understood that his purpose was not to make himself great, but to make the Lord known. He understood that his purpose wasn't to acquire some huge following or to be some great name in the history books. He knew that his purpose was just to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Today, we all share that purpose. Our purpose comes in different forms. We all share the purpose of just bringing glory to the name of Jesus. That when God bestows a purpose on your life, it's not so that we could build a pedestal. It's not so that we could have success. It's not so that we could see our names on billboards. No, God gives us purpose so that way people who've never heard the name of Jesus can hear it. Because of what he's doing in your life. There's neighbors around you. There's coworkers around you. There's, there's, there's people in your life who needs to know the name of Jesus. They don't need to know your name. They don't need to know my name. They need to know the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Caleb won't change their lives. The name of, of Robert Rivera won't change their names. The name of Jesus Christ will change their lives. And that is what our purpose is. We want to make God's name known. We want to make the name of Jesus Christ known. We want to be able to say, hey, even if I don't get the credit, as long as the name of Christ is made known, my purpose is being followed. I'm doing what I'm purposed to do. And if there's a battle in today's generation, I think it's been a battle in humanity since the beginning of time to, to try to take credit, to try to get followers and to, to try, you know, we might not be building altars or statues to ourselves anymore, but we have different ways of doing that. And during with social media, who knows that we always try to get all the most likes and the views, and we want to make sure that we get all the followers. And I know there's been times nobody look around to where you post a photo or a video, and it doesn't get the likes or the, or the response you want, so you delete it. You're like, oh, I, you know, I'm better than this. I don't want my reputation to, to be hurt by this. And you might be saying, well, no, I'm trying to build a platform for God, or I'm trying to, no, you're building an altar unto yourself. To look at yourself and say, look how great I am. Look at all the things that I am doing. That is not your purpose. Your purpose is not to build an altar to yourself and say, everybody look at all the things I have. Those are all tools that God can use, yes. But don't let those tools use you to where you don't know what your purpose is, to where you get caught up in what the world's getting caught up in, where they just want fame, where they just want a following, where they just want their name to be known. But us as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, we have a different purpose. Our purpose is to have the name of Jesus Christ be known. Say, so even if I don't have one person know my name, as long as they know the name of Jesus Christ, I did what I was meant to do. Amen. That is the purpose that we're all called to follow after. Point number three for this morning is that our purpose is God's platform, not ours. Our purpose is God's platform, not ours. Our purpose is not meant to bring glory to our names, but God's name. Our purpose is not meant for us to be famous, but to make God famous. For him to get all the glory, for him to get all the credit. See, John, he did not desire to have his name on billboards. He didn't desire to have this huge following. He, 
Matter of fact, he didn't mind being in the background. He wanted to spend that time where nobody saw what he was doing, where he was just making communion with the Lord and where he was just in the wilderness praying and fasting. See, he didn't mind not getting the credit. He wanted God's name to be first, not his. He wanted God to get all the glory, not his. And I say with that mindset and with that heart, that's where um, promotion in the kingdom of heaven comes from. Because if God sees that you have that type of heart where you're saying, I just want God for you to get all the glory, God says, I can trust you. I can trust you with my platform. I can trust you with influence. I can trust you to know that when I work in your life, you're not going to take one ounce of credit. That when something good happens in your life, when I bless you, that you're not going to tell people I'm here because of my strengths and knowledge and because I'm talented. No, I can trust you when I bless you and you just point your fingers back to me and say, I'm here because of God. And if you want to see this type of fruit in your life, let me introduce you to Jesus and begin to bring more people to Jesus because of the blessings in your life. That is the purpose that God has on us. That is the purpose that God wants us to walk. See, John was a humble man. John didn't want to be exalted. John didn't want, want to go out and say, hey, everybody look at me. He understood his purpose. He understood that I'm not here to get the glory. I'm not here to get the fame. I'm just here to make a way. I'm just here to make a way for Jesus into the heart of man. And that's what our purpose is, just to make a way for Jesus. How does that happen? Sometimes it's being kind. Sometimes it's being the character of Jesus Christ. Just sowing and making a way for Jesus. I mean, we live in a hurting world who needs Jesus. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that, that is trying to fulfill their fleshly desires, thinking that that's purpose, thinking that that's going to make them feel important, and thinking that that's going to give them a sense of peace, but it's not. We have the answer, and it's our purpose to make a way for it. It's our purpose to make a way for Jesus in the lives of people. It's our purpose to say, God, I'm here so that more people can hear about you. I'm here to bring glory to your name. And that's what John understood. See, purpose is not bestowed on the proud but on the humble. Purpose is bestowed on the, on the person who understands what they are here for who understands why they've been created, who understands that I'm not just here to get stuff. I'm not just here to gain followers on Instagram. I'm not here for the motivation of this acquiring wealth from the world. No, I'm here for a purpose. I've been created for a purpose. Don't let the enemy try to talk you out of your purpose. A lot of the times it's not with things that we notice. It's with things that we think are normal. It's with things thinking that we get caught up in our careers and we get caught up in these different things. We get, we get caught up in trying to build our own platform, our own plans. And in that moment, we step outside of our purpose and we don't even realize it. We step outside what God wants us to do and we don't even realize it. And before we know it, we become so far from what God has purposed and called us to do. But that's what I love about Jesus. It's never too late. Zachariah was an old man. Elizabeth was old, praying forever, praying for a long time. But it was in their old years. It was in that moment. It was when they were praying for a long time. It says that purpose was bestowed upon them. John came, and John changed the world. I say it's never too late for purpose in your life. There's some people who are saying, hey, I've been serving God for so long. He's done awesome things. But I feel like my, the best years are behind me. No, the best years are ahead of you. Or you could be saying, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really young and I'm in the beginning stages of my relationship with Christ. Let me, let me still have my time and then I'll give God his time. No, no. God has something for you to do today. God has given you a purpose to do 
today. God has a word for you. God has a plan for you. God has something in store for you. See, purpose is not dictated just by man's powers or abilities. God doesn't give you purpose just because you have a talent or just because you have knowledge. Matter of fact, it says that he, he goes and empowers the weak to confound the strong, right? He, he blesses the, the, the unwise to, to make the, the strong and, the, and the, the ones who think they know everything to be confounded. Why does he do that? Because he wants all the glory. Why does he do that? Because he wants somebody to look at you and say, if God can use you, God can use anybody. That's the, that's the testimony that God wants us to have. God doesn't want us to build a, some kind of, of a platform or pedestal where people look at us and say, oh, see, he's just there because he's so great. He's just there because he's so talented. Or, or she's just there because she's, she has disability. No, God wants us to build a testimony, a purpose. When they look at you, they say, if God can use that person, God can use me. Make a way for Jesus. Make a way for forgiveness. Make a way for a transformation in people's life. That is our purpose. Making a way for Jesus is our purpose. Making a way for him to enter the, the heart of man is the purpose of why we are here. Purpose is for the sons and daughters of God, for those who live for Jesus and love Jesus. It's not for those who say, oh, I want to live in the world or, or do this. No, purpose is bestowed with the responsibility to us, to you and I, the sons and daughters of God. That is why God has taken us to this moment. And so that way we can bring his name and make his name known. Amen. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Stand with me as I close. Haley, you can join me. I want to close with this scripture. Philippians 2. 12 through 13, and this is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. And he says this, that, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is working. Say, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what he pleases. To do what he pleases. See, God doesn't just leave us behind. God doesn't give you a purpose without the tools. God doesn't just say, go do this without giving you the qualifications, without giving you the spirit of God. When God gives you a purpose, he also gives you the power for it. I want to close with this thought. It's our purpose is not only given by God but graced by God. Our purpose is not only given by God, but graced by God. If God has, has placed you to be a, a mom or to be a dad, then he's graced you for it. He's graced you to be a good parent. Husband and wife, God has graced you to be a good spouse. If you're a student, if you're a business person, if you have these dreams and ideas that God has placed, can I say if God placed it there, then God has graced you for it. If God has placed that business on your heart, then God has graced you to lead that business. If God has placed that ministry on your heart, then God has graced you for that ministry. God does, doesn't just leave us behind and give us a purpose. Matter of fact, not only did he come to save us, he sent his son to save us, but he sent his spirit to give us strength. Not only did he say, I want to save these people, he also said, I want to strengthen these people. He said, they might only have a human nature, but soon they will have a nature of God. And the Holy Spirit will come upon them. 
and on the inside of them. And although they might come up short at times and be limited by their human nature, a God nature is now present on the inside of them. And although they have limitations, God is unlimited. And although they have places that they might not be able to have the knowledge of, God is all-knowing. If God has given you this purpose, he has graced you for the purpose. I don't know what your dreams are. I don't know what God has given you. I don't know what God has promised you. But can I say God has empowered you for that promise? Don't you give up on that purpose. Don't give up on that promise. Don't give up on things that God has called you to do. God has given you a purpose. A purpose to change the world around you. A purpose that will lead people to his name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to begin to stir up this atmosphere. I want to begin to welcome in the Holy Spirit into our hearts to begin to allow us to get the gift of faith right now that says, God, if you have purposed me for this, if you have placed this on my heart, then you have graced me for this moment. And just like John the Baptist, I'm not going to let convenience stop me. I'm not going to let comfortability stop me. I'm not going to let fear stop me. I'm not going to let people's opinions stop me. Instead, God, I'll be so focused on you. I'll be so focused on the purpose you have on my life that I'm not looking to the left nor to the right. That I'm not looking for people's opinions and I'm not looking for people to, to allow me to do this but God all I need is your calling and if you called me I'm qualified so Father right now begin to build up our faith in this moment Father right now God begin to give us an understanding Father right now fill in the spirit you're beginning to remind your people what you purposed them for you're beginning to bring back some dormant dreams some purpose and promises that were forgotten about, that haven't been prayed about for a while. Although we might have forgotten God, you've never forgotten. And so God, begin to remind us, begin to show us, God, begin to, God, encourage us and strengthen us in this moment. And Father, right now, we move every shadow of doubt. God, right now, we move every insecurity that we have the mind of Christ. No longer when we think about our purpose, when we think about our past, but instead we remove that past. Father, it's under the blood. Father, you don't think about what we've done. All you see is your son. And so, Father, remove those insecurities. Remove those anxieties. God, give us a clarity that our mind belongs to you. Every doubt that we used to have, we remove right now in the name of Jesus. Every insecurity that we have, remove right now in the name of Jesus. Every excuse that we've been using for years, God, right now we're removed. And Father, we just say, have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. You might be in this place this morning and saying, Caleb, there's things I've given up on. There's things I pursued and failed. We're going to say, God, is not through with you yet. God hasn't forgotten what he promised you. That son and daughter is going to come to God. That business is going to be started. That book will be written. There are going to be those things that God has promised that will come to fruition. So right now as we begin to sing, begin to stir up the spirit on the inside of you. God, right now remove any blockage, Father, that might be in our minds or our spirit. God, we cancel every lie. God, every curse we reverse. God, anything that we've been telling ourselves, saying that we're not capable. God, you who make us capable, God. Your son is what makes us capable, God. Remove all those signs of doubt. Remove all those signs of fear. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.